1: We are hunters, anglers, riders, and sometimes chefs. Our passion for the outdoor lifestyle motivated the foundation of Harvesting Nature, which serves as a media outlet built to inspire and educate the outdoor expert and novice alike. Our podcast focuses on the technical side of cooking wild fish and game, while also incorporating adventures and lessons learned from our pursuit of wild meat. Join us on our journey of harvesting nature. Hey everyone, welcome back to Harvesting Nature's Wild Fishing Game Podcast. you got your host here, Justin Townsend, and this is another one of those mobile podcasts. So we've been up here in Wyoming. uh, Got a member of the crew here, AJ, and uh, we also have AJ's dad as well, Art. And uh, today we're gonna tell you a little bit about our antelope experience up here in Wyoming. Go and check out the Harvesting Nature store if you haven't been there yet. We're offering a discount on our products, twenty percent. Use the code podcast twenty two zero podcast two zero, and we'll get you twenty percent off any item in the store. And uh, we've got some great T-shirts there. Should be releasing our uh, our alligator shirt uh to commemorate our alligator hunting adventure in there pretty soon and, and I think I think we got an antelope hunting shirt in the in the works. We coined the phrase tonight so we'll we'll see how long it takes to get that into production but hopefully that's up on the website. Lots of great hats and other cool stuff on there if you take a look and uh show your love and support for all that we do. But um Yeah, I'm excited to talk about antelope in Wyoming. So, we've been coming uh, to Wyoming. I think AJ and I, we came our first time, what, 20...
2: First time was 2015. 2015.
1: Yep. And Art, what time was your, your first your first time down here?
3: <coughs> I believe it was uh, <coughs> 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, the year after, I think. Because yeah. that was the year that I couldn't make it because I was... uh I I just started yep. work in the Key West. So um yeah so we've been aj's been coming you've been coming consistently every year this is my
2: sixth year in a row yes every yeah. year don't miss it
1: nice and art this is your second third 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 time and this is my this is also my third time mm-hmm. up here so uh we were up here last year we brought jack up with us last year uh which was great because he had never been on a a western hunt before so that was a neat experience. Uh, we got him two Did You get two dope tags.
2: I believe he did. Yeah.
1: Yeah, two dope yeah, tags. He had a great time. Yeah, it was good. We we did. That's actually. So I wrote up a a great story about it, and uh, I'll I'll be sure to throw the links link in the show notes so you can uh, so you can read that article. But it's uh, a mint condition. Not oh no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a title that commemorates our our visit up to uh the mint bar uh which is one of our favorite like watering holes here in Wyoming uh when we come up to visit so yeah
3: Be- beautiful country
1: so beautiful beautiful um, country yes Wyoming has a special place in my heart mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think the first time i came to Wyoming when i was a teenager uh right before i went to college this summer cuz i just had family that lived over in Cody and we came out to visit them, and then since then it's been every like couple years that I've I've made it up this way. But Wyoming's such a great place. I just wish it didn't get so cold, <laughs> <laughs> which is what we're experiencing this week uh, with all the weather. Uh, it's been kind of up and down. So we got coming up into Wyoming. It was kind of mild. They had some storms come through our first day and then we've been up here uh, what, 3 days, 4 days now.
2: Yeah, today is day 4 and we see temperatures range from uh I think upper 70s to uh below freezing. Yeah. Um, There's a frost the other night. So t- uh, it's very fickle this time of year the the weather. Um you don't know what to expect. Could be 80, could be 20, uh could be you know, rain, sleet, snow. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, our nemesis has been wind. So, you know, steady wind, 20, 30 miles per hour, gust, 60 plus, um, makes hunting very, very tough.
1: Yep. So it's been a hard year so far. Closes the distance for shots. Like you're looking, you're definitely not shooting past 200 and, you know, gusty wind. Not responsibly, no. No. Um,. We did have some, AJ had some luck today at, at some distance, but we'll talk about that as we get into it, but uh, um, I will say, yeah, weather's been pretty pretty rough. Last year, in comparison though, last year we got up here and it was about 10 degrees uh, our first day, which was frigid, because um, we went from 95 degrees yeah. when we left Austin, <laughs> and then within two days we had a snowstorm in Denver, and then by the time we got here it was 10 which is pretty intimidating when you're living in the Florida Keys. Yeah, uh, we did fine. Yeah, we fine yeah, we did day. good. You layer up. First yeah. Light's got some great stuff. I'll give them a shout-out. Um, been using them for years. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely awesome. Keeps you warm.
3: Guys, it is October, you know. It is October. <laughs>
1: you know, you know, it's not like June
3: here. But, you know, sure.
1: October in Key West is like, at the end of October, we have Fantasy Fest, which is like a, it's like a big elongated halloween with lots of alcohol and half naked people so you can imagine there the temperatures are still like june (laughs) but uh here definitely not no uh
3: sounds sounds like a southern mardi gras
1: it's exactly what it is (laughs) (laughs) um but so i think um I want to talk about definitely – so we hunt a mixture of public land and we hunt a mixture of private land here. Uh, Our first year coming up back in 2015, we were introduced to a little bit of private land. It got us onto public land, and then we quickly uh, were introduced. Actually, I reread the original article that I wrote, Mm -hmm. uh, and it was back when it was like – I think the app was like Onyx Hunt or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it wasn't even Onyx as we know it today. It was a very basic form, and and we were at one of the the local watering holes here in the town that we were mm-hmm. at, and somebody recommended it to you.
2: Yeah, we discovered
1: it. Yeah, somebody's like, you gotta check out this app. It Shows you where the public land boundaries are, mm-hmm. and like you can just drive down the road and be like, there's public land, there's public land, there's public land. So we quickly took that plan to action and uh, ended up. On a, a good sliver, which we dubbed the Honey Hole. Yeah. Which has been mixed results since we dubbed it the Honey Hole.
2: Uh, last year it was a dud. It, it's a funny spot. It's it's a sliver of uh, BLM land that uh, most people would drive right by, not mm-hmm. think twice. But, you know, we were um, adventurous and found it and wanted to check it out. And, you know, you get off the road, hike in there, and, um, you yeah, know the terrain is such they could hide some game and you wouldn't know it and over the years we've seen we've taken antelope there yep um our first antelope actually yeah we just took there we doubled up um we've seen antelope uh mule deer uh we've seen elk there you know big six by six bulls there. yeah that was so cool last year yeah so it's it's one of those gems where you know a tip would be you know no land is too small um if you see it you know go check it out look for sign look for game um, you never know what you find. Could be surprised. What was it somebody told you Art today when we were up at the
1: store? There, she's like, if it's six inches over the line, it's you know, it's either public land or private land. Yeah. It doesn't matter, an inch or a mile, it's there. It's there. <laughs> the line is there. So uh, I would encourage people to definitely be familiar with that. It's a, uh, it's been a good producer for us, and like even as we've we've learned because we hunt like a a fairly large area i would say and um just getting familiar with all the public land over time it's like last year i think it was it was probably one of my favorite moments we drove down one of the county roads and on the left side of the road there was some blm land on the right side of the road there was uh st- wyoming state land mm-hmm. and As we drive past, there's cars parked on the right side of the road. So that's kind of the indicator. All right, well, there's somebody over on the Wyoming state land. But way on the top of this ridge, probably like 500 feet off the top of the road, there sits like one lone antelope buck. and just sitting there. And I think at the time, we all had just doe tags in in hand. But we decided we were going to trek to the top of this ridge to see if there was anything else like any other animals with him in, you know, to create a herd and, uh, got up there to the top, realized he was like, he was probably a hundred yards off public land on private. Uh, so we didn't go any further, but we also didn't see anything else. But as we peered back down towards where the truck was, where the road, uh, dissected these two pieces of land, we saw the guys like, walking down from the Wyoming state land, going back to their trucks, and sort of we watched them get in their trucks as we kind of, like, slowly walked down. And you look a little further back to the east, uh, the way this land ran, and there comes, like, a herd of antelope, like, slowly working their way back in behind where these hunters were just walking out. Mm Mm-hmm. And to me, that's, like, that iconic moment of, like, it shows the true picture of antelope hunting. Like, it doesn't matter the time of day. It doesn't matter the weather conditions. Like, they're always kind of out there moving around. Yeah. Unless it's, like, really, really bad. But we we ended up harvesting. I shot an antelope off that herd. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we lined up for some other shots, and it just didn't happen. And then, like, a the truck came through because it butts up to some private land. And a truck came through and scared off the herd. But... That was that was such a cool. So we we like hauled ass down off the top of the mountain to get across the road yeah. after those guys left and get on their herd, which was super it, cool. It was probably about a would say like half mile away. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it worked out really good. It was uh, it's good. So then, um, to compare and contrast the the piece of private land that we hunt, which we'll we'll commonly refer to as the ranch, which is not like. I don't want people to think of it as like the a game ranch or anything. There's no high fences. There's nothing. It's like a traditional cattle ranch. Uh, the family that owns it's lived here for a while, and they they farm or they raise cattle on it, and that's pretty much it. And so, how AJ created the relationship, became uh, good friends of the the guy, the family that owns it, and we've been afforded the opportunity to hunt it the past past what four years, five years.
2: Yeah, I believe I, I started hunting that in uh, 2017, 17 or 18. I started, and um, it's a good parcel of land. It's about 3,500 acres that uh, that we hunt um, traditional rolling central Wyoming country. Mm-hmm. You know all the sagebrush and all that. So um, prime antelope habitat. And the best part about it is, um, you know, it, it butts up to several pieces of BLM land that are otherwise landlocked. So not only do you have access to the private ranch, you have access to other public land. Um, So it it really creates uh, a tremendous opportunity Mm -hmm. um, where you could hunt that all day long. And as you're moving from north to south, east to west, um, the other parts are undisturbed. So you can go back and hunt those. And like you you just mentioned in your previous story, antelope move in, they change. Um, so it's sun, sun up to sun down all day long. You could have action there.
1: When, as you rotate, even if you get a good... So like for us, I think one of our big strategies, and, and we'll get into it a little bit more, but like a strategy to sort of hunting is like doubling up hunters. Like if you find a herd, instead of being like, ah, oh, one person go after this or one person go after that, like generally if one person has a buck tag, one person has a doe tag or vice versa or a combination of the two, you're going to be able to put two hunters onto the same herd and take, there's an opportunity if you coordinate it to take two animals off one herd. Mm -hmm. And then as you, if somebody misses a shot or you spook them or whatever, this parcel of land is large enough that you can kind of play the, the shift around game where you're, you're moving around, you know, all right, we, we scared them to the East. So now we're going to shift. We're going to move to try to, to try to get ahead of them if they kind of settle down. So, it's large enough that they're not just spooked and gone. Like, it's not like a one and done.
2: No. Now, a lot of times, too, I'll add is, you know, as long as you don't uh, stand up or move after your shot, a lot of times they don't know where the danger, yeah. the threat is, right? They don't know where to run to. So they may run 100 yards, stand there and look around. So mm-hmm. you may get a second opportunity as long as you don't move.
1: When it's been... Uh this year it didn't happen. Last year it happened, and my my first year, uh, hunting antelope, it happened that they last year, AJ took the shot, and then there was another group of the herd that we didn't see, that ended up mm-hmm. being only about 150 yards away from me, and they just started running towards me, and kind of closed the distance to like 120, and then I took a took a doe off of that as they slowed down. But yeah, 100% correct. If they don't see you, oftentimes it may just be one one uh antelope in the entire herd that spooks or gets startled and they'll just start running and the others will run too because they don't know why. Their first oh, instinct's yeah. just to run. <laughs> and uh they're good at it. Yeah. Um the the herd I I took my buck off this week like ran uh like 70 yards and then stopped and then just started like grazing mm-hmm. quickly. Um, away, which which allowed me to get in a good spot. But <laughs> they're not dumb animals.
3: No, by no means. <clears throat> Usually, when they're you see a herd like that, whether they're laying down or grazing, there's always one that's watching mm-hmm. the herd. Mm-hmm. And if he sees something, that he alerts the herd. I,
1: I, yeah, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've yeah, I've always seen that, and it's it's a good uh, thanks for pointing that out because that's. Absolutely a common theme, and th- I think the theme this year was it was the younger. It was the younger does yeah. uh, or the younger bucks that sort of gave us problems that would stare at us for 30, 45 minutes uh, without moving. Or I, I had one uh, while you were off stocking one. There was another on the far ridge that mm-hmm. sh- that she sat there, and she must have watched me I don't know, because I was far enough away. I was probably like 800 yards away. Like, I could see her through the binos pretty clearly, but she'd watch me, and she'd like take a couple steps towards me, and then she'd like look, and then she'd take another couple steps towards me, and then finally, um, I decided to move, so she kind of moved as well, but yeah, it's it's interesting, their (coughs) behavior patterns. You know, the problem there was you blinked. It was it.
3: that You blinked. She won. <laughs> she yeah. got you on that the stair. That was know? the eyesight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: They, have the, they have laser focus. They pin you right down there yeah. Yeah. for 10, 15 minutes. It's amazing. And you can't move. Once you move, you're done.
1: No. And it's even been like you can tell. Um, but, you know, they're like they may not be able to identify what's going on there, but they just know something's off. Yeah. And then they'll all kind of... You'll see the herd kind of get uneasy, and they'll just kind of like watch in the general area of like, something's up over there, but we don't know what it is, but we don't I mean, like it. It's a different kind of hunt. Absolutely. A, you know?
3: I don't, I don't know how many people that do hunt antelope, or maybe they hunt deer or something. It's just totally different kind of a hunt.
1: Mm-hmm. I think, too, I like it because it's it's constantly moving. For me, and we went through a variety of methods. Sort of this week, Um, we we did the traditional like spot and stalk, which is kind of what what we've done well at. Um, Find where the herd's at, work your way towards it, try to get within you know under two hundred yards to take a good shot, which is really challenging. Mm -hmm. I mean, today we
2: traveled
1: (laughs) two miles to get within two hundred yards. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, today was an epic spot in stock. We yeah. had
1: like an elevation change of probably, what, 1,700 feet? It was a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot of ups and downs in there. Yep. I should look on my Onyx. I turned uh-huh. the tracker on, but yeah. yeah.
3: You sure it was two miles? It felt a lot longer. <laughs> it felt <like> it. <laughs> a lot longer, Especially coming back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, But, and then AJ had luck uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm with with your ambush technique which was which was interesting we were uh art and i drove up up the road to the place where we take uh we dropped antelope off and i'm i'm gonna get into why we dropped him off in just a moment after this story um and then i get a text message from aj it's like hey bring ice because we left him at the ranch and uh
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the complete opposite of spot and stock, right? So um, yesterday it was, uh, it was windy. Um, it was a little warmer, and it was very dry, very dusty. So um, it's been very dry in Wyoming this, this past year. So um, there's two main tanks, water tanks, on that ranch. The southern one is dry as a bone, nothing there. So there's only one tank on that ranch. And it's really a, a critical water source for all wildlife, um, for miles around so um, we weren't seeing much on the ranch far as spot and stock so um, these guys are going to run their antelope uh, up the road to the butcher um, and so I stayed at the ranch and I just basically um, set up by that tank I sat behind that dam um, just you know would uh, take a little nap uh, relax and then <laughs> scan the hillside and see what I saw um, and every 15 minutes pop up over that dam and glass the hillside and and look for any any antelope. So uh, it worked out really well. Um, three doe kind of came in, came in really hot, really fast, um, from probably, I saw them half mile away. And they came in within uh, five minutes there on that water. And so peaked up over that dam. Um, you know, there's like three doe, 40 yards away. So, you know, it was kind of a bow hunting strategy, but um, worked really well and, and filled that, boat, that uh, doe tag. Uh, yesterday
1: yep and then sort of uh yeah that was we're we're definitely going (laughs) way out of order with the days
3: (laughs) and that's that's where i got mine on the first day yep Mm -hmm. i got mine on the first day at the same
1: which tank which we're going to talk about in just a second but i want to want to make sure (laughs) we are like we're going to talk about it day one day two day three We've like circum- we'll start with
2: day two afternoon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll circumvent the entire plant. That's <laughs> uh, all right. We do what we want. That's a great thing.
2: Well, you're talking strategies, so spot and stalk. Yeah. And then still hunting, so it's okay. It
1: fits in absolutely yeah. perfect. I'm cool with it. Um, one thing that we, we already talked a little bit about weather, but I, I definitely want to talk about sort of – we we talked a little bit about herd behavior. I don't know anything outside of – how the herds are behaving. I think a a compare and contrast could be ap- applicable. So and it it deals with the water and so they've had kind of a drought running here in uh in Wyoming. There's been some some burn restrictions and uh I guess like heat advisories and the wind. Like it's it's been a crazy mess, um, but it's definitely had effect on the way that the herds. Behave, and that meaning just kind of like the way they're moving around on the land that we're at. So obviously, AJ talked about the importance of the the tank tank pond. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what else you call it. I think those are all the terms that people would it's use. It's a water hole. Is really yeah. all it is. Yeah. So the herds, like throughout the days that we were here, would be like off and on on that on that that water just coming down because basically on the property that we were at there's two there's two tanks and i think way back on the blm land in the back part i think mm-hmm. there was another one that i'm guessing is probably dried up
2: um I, I didn't see it this trip i don't know that's probably at least two miles away
1: and I say that they're just for the amount of trees that when we're up on the ridge, looking uh, down yeah. those aspens down, yeah, there. the aspens that are present, that's usually a good indicator of like water yeah. or at least an underground water source um we've never been over there, but I would just guess that they're they're probably there, yeah, um so with that, uh last year we took several off the southern pond on the property this year the southern pond was bone dry and it corresponded with the way that the herds moved around the property because we spotted absolutely none moving around except for two fleeing us that we we startled uh that were then chased by coyotes which was a interesting experience (laughs) to watch it was like something off national geographic they were like oh there's a there's these two antelope running, and then we uh, we text Art to come around to come pick us up, and uh, as he's coming, he startles the two, and then he startles a coyote, which then turns into two coyotes, which then turns into two antelope running and two coyotes chasing the antelope, and then I'm pretty sure at one point I saw the buck out of that pair stop and, like, stand his ground with the coyotes, and then the antelope ran off, and I never saw the coyotes again.
2: So, um. Yeah, I, I don't know where they went. They just, uh, they turned tail and yeah. got out of there. I think he, like, legitimately, like,
1: stood his ground and yep. was like, whoop, nope, it's not, this is <laughs> not happening. <coughs> not today. <laughs> nope. Yep. Which is interesting. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work in our favor for them to push them. They're pretty much like competitors in that moment. Yeah. But, uh,. So, after seeing no antelope on the south side of the property, a lot of our focus went towards the the tank, as uh, A.J. pointed out.
2: So I, I did, by the way. I did check Onyx just now, uh-huh. and there is a tank where you mentioned by those aspens. Boom. Yeah, so it's it's over there, a couple miles away. Yeah, but if it's dry or wet, I have no idea. I bet you it's dry. I want to,
1: the way the herds move in and out towards that one tank, I bet you it is dry. And there's like a, it's not like an easy haul for them to get there. Like it's still probably two and a half, three miles away from where we would see them concentrate after getting pushed off the ranch onto the BLM land. I think that kind of factors into a lot of the behavior that we saw. And uh, there was some hunting pressure on the ranch the day before we got there, which I think played a lot into it. And I don't know if there's going to be anybody hunting it after for the next couple of days, but we definitely ran ran those herds ragged because uh, today we had to get back there and work
2: for them pretty hard. Yeah, I mean we took we took five antelope. Yep. And uh, over basically two and a half days. Two two, two yeah. buck and, and three doe. It was a lot of work, <laughs> but it was good work. Um,
1: so I do want to i get a lot of questions about one i get a lot of questions about antelope hunting because people are very interested in it um because if you look at sort of the population of the united states like whitetail is pretty common mule deer is pretty common but like antelope and the way that we antelope is very isolated to sort of a sliver of the the west and people have a lot of questions about where we go hunting and how we go hunting and all that and like there's tons of information. Uh, Wyoming's Fish and Game website is really great about putting out all the information about when drawings are going on. You can go subscribe to their newsletter, which I do. It's a lot oh, of yeah. a lot of great information. Um, they have their annual drawing. All antelope tags in Wyoming are uh, lottery based, so you have to put in to draw them. They have a a non-resident I'll just cover... Everything's covered equally in resident, non-resident, but they have a non-resident uh, antelope tag, which is good for buck or doe. Generally, you're going to take want to take a buck off of that because it's a, a more expensive tag. And then they have a doe and fawn tag, which is what I think everyone here, we all have one of those. Mm-hmm. And then AJ and I put in for the the antelope tag this year to take bucks, which Art has done in the past as well. Mm-hmm. Um we all enjoy eating antelope. It's delicious. I will dispute anybody who says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've this is going on a year like four of eating antelope, and yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's it's my uh, my family's favorite. My wife's favorite, yeah. and my wife does not like uh, a strong tasting, you know, game meat, mm-hmm. and so that says something. And art
1: you're you're particular about the way you like your antelope prepared that's right you like you're a ground guy that's right,
3: a lot, a lot of chili hey, <laughs> lot, that's good though a lot of meatballs, you know, nothing like an antelope meatball
1: that's true, I agree, so. and uh me, I go for the full like wide array grind steaks, roasts, all of it. It works great, yeah, I mean, you have seen and will see an abundance of antelope recipes. On the website, that's always there. But the other question we get a lot is is about gear, and um, I, I've talked a little bit about it in each of the articles I wrote because there's always like some very important, like successful, um, I guess things that items of gear that guarantee success or help guarantee success. Um, we'll start from the small and work to the the largest. So. I guess small would be binos. Definitely. Good pair of knockers. Yep. Yep. Um we we've all experimented this year. I, I went with the Allen Company Bino harness this year. Uh it was pretty good. It it allows ease of access. I had the GoPro on the side, wind indicator, uh range finder in the front. Overall, great product. Recommend that. You guys use the sort of like what do they call it? the suspender vinyl harnesses
2: yeah i've been using that for years and um i'm contemplating upgrading to uh what you have something yeah. similar um just seeing how you use that this trip yeah and the fu- the function of it i kind of like that quite a bit so that's probably a, a 2021 upgrade to my arsenal
1: <laughs> i uh i like it so i i just got that this year and last year I used uh, sort of the suspender style, and I think the big difference between the two is I spent a lot of time last year cleaning the lens of my binocular, yeah. so if it starts sprinkling or like I'd crawl, they would get dusty, but with the the lid that could close and stuff, that,
2: that was a big help. It reminds me, mine is in the console of my truck, and after today's stalk through the mud, <laughs> it's due for cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably grab that.
1: Yeah. Um Let's see. Another important thing, for clothing, clothing, clothing. What are what are your thoughts on clothing?
3: <clears throat> well, you really don't know what the weather's going
1: to be. That's true.
3: So if it's cool in the morning, you got to be warm. But then in the afternoon it warms up. So now you, if you have too much on, you got to start taking it off. Yep.
1: Or if you're packing out, <clears throat> like today, and
3: mm-hmm. and you can't leave it there. Nope. Cause you, you know, you gotta carry it. So.
1: Layering. Layering. Layering's very important. Yep. And I think that was the, it's been a, a trend all throughout, but I think today, today it stuck most. I peeled off two layers when we
2: packed out. Uh, I took off three.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cool. I was cold by the time we got to the top, just cause the wind kicked up, but.
2: Quality. Quality. Clothing. I think quality yeah. Oh yeah. 100%.
1: Yeah. That's
2: the, why I, the zip-off long johns were key. Yep, so you got them uh, this year. <laughs> so, uh, for First slide is uh is way ahead of their competition in that one. Um great product. Uh, I would say thinking back to 2015, we first started. Um you know, we have backgrounds in in whitetail hunting, it's how mm-hmm. we kind of introduced to it. And we approach this like a deer hunt and we got our butts kicked. Right, yeah, these animals see you a half mile away and they run um, so that was a you know a steep learning curve went through in two or three days, but the one thing we did not have that we needed was a stable shooting rest because mm. the, your shots here are going to be about two hundred yards um, depends on your skill level, your comfortability, um, you know the the conditions. Um, you know some shots you took one at 34 yards <laughs> the other day so you can get really close but usually you're about 200 yards for antelope on average i would say yeah so um we run uh, bipods in the rifles Mm-hmm. so you can attached, get attached 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 yeah yep. a- attached so you can get down in, in prone position real comfortable stable mm-hmm. and take a good shot um there's a lot of products i don't want to mention any names right now but there's some that You know, you can kind of have detached bipods that, you know, magnetically clip on, and there's some great products out there too. So whatever you choose, get a a stable shooting rest, um, you know, so you have the confidence to take that shot.
1: And I'll echo what AJ said for uh, for the shooting rest because generally the sort of battle rhythm that we go through, like through a stock is like you're going from a standing position to like, glassing a ridge or a little knoll to being like, all right, there's a herd there and then you're then going as you progress forward to either like um what do you call it? Like kind of crouched over as you move forward to like (laughs) the progression would be crouched to crawl to like hands and knees to like flat on your stomach like army crawling. Yeah. Sniper. Sniper Sniper. Yeah. 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 So then you're set up like that bipod becomes very important in like the last couple of steps because as you're like crawling you can like set it down crawl a couple forward grab the rifle slide it up and mm-hmm. then as you're moving it up to to shoot you're obviously there's nothing around to rest on there's no trees you can't put it on sagebrush
2: no like no the the, the best option is what we did in 2015 was was a backpack right Yep. And, th- and that's that's fine too. Some guys can do that and, and be okay with that, but I find it a bit cumbersome. And my backpack is has a, a, some gear in it, and it's kind of lumpy, not consistent. And so rather than mess around with that, I know the bipod is consistent every time.
1: And you always have the fear of like you're gonna clunk, like backpack's gonna clunk. Oh yeah, jet boil <laughs> or something. Something's gonna make a weird noise. It's gonna squeak or pop, and then you're gonna get that one lonesome attentive antelope that's gonna be like. <laughs> What's that over there? And then pretty much the whole is gonna be on to you. So, um, yeah, that's probably I think one of one of the top I would say valuable. Um,
2: you already mentioned onyx. I did. Onyx is that's huge. A great one. Yep.
1: So last year I used it a lot. This year I didn't. I didn't use it as much because I, I forgot to download the the offline maps. But last year, Jack and I used it a lot. When we separated from you, we would use it to judge terrain because it has the like contour maps on there, like the topography maps. Yeah. And so you can kind of judge based on where your position is because it gives you like a live update. And Excuse me. It gives you a live update, and um, you can basically see, like, estimate where the herd is and estimate, like, how many ridges or, you know, what draws or between you and them, so you can kind of work into a better stock.
2: And I think we use that a lot, use that a lot today. So, as an ask, you if you want to go to today's hunt because that's what we did today.
1: Um, <laughs> let's go to today's hunt, Kay. and then we'll start at the first, and then we'll work back. It doesn't matter. We can do whatever sure, we want. Sure. It's great. Confused a
4: They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to Tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
0: Here at
1: Harvest in Nature, we are known to cook a variety of wild fish and game in a variety of ways. Probably one of my favorite methods is to cook in a smoker. Traeger Grills has some of the best products out there. Their pellet grills aren't just grills, they're smokers and ovens too. Anything you can do in the oven in your house, you can do on the Traeger. You can make desserts, you can grill steaks, you can use cast iron pans and braise tough cuts. You can allow roasts and briskets to smoke all day until they're tender and delicious. You can even use it to make jerky. Their variety of pellets are also very impressive. The different flavors of wood allow you to pair with your meat or fish or vegetables, and give it the most flavor that you can create. They even have varieties created specifically for your next wild fish or game meal.
2: So this is uh, day three morning. Um Which now is we, today, today, yeah. Today. So we we got to the ranch, and you know we hunted hard the past two days. So uh, the private parcel there was just you know dead. Um, so we figured everything was pushed back to the BLM land and, and neighboring properties, uh, a couple miles back. So, um, got some rain last night and if you've ever been to Wyoming after mm-hmm. it rains, the, the ground is like a gumbo. Uh, it sticks to everything. You can't drive on it's it. It's an you can excellent analogy. walk on it. Gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you'll be four inches taller with all the mud on your boots after walking on it. It's like 10 pounds heavier. Ten, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah,
3: maybe 20. Yeah, maybe. it's
2: it's miserable. So uh, we took the gator in about a mile on the ranch until it got to the point where it got a little sketchy driving. So we got out on foot and walked another about mile to the top of the ridge where uh, the ridge is still on the private land and it overlooks all the public land kind of below it, and you get a really good – uh idea what's down below for miles and miles around so we glassed that and saw there was a herd um just across the border on the blm land Mm -hmm. and they were kind of grazing and bedding down they're really relaxed really chill so looked at the onyx of the terrain and we saw some ravines that ran from the private all the way down through to the blm land and That's critical in hunting antelope because their defense is their vision, right? So, the ravines conceal you. Um, Wind was very calm. Um, Not that I think they would scent you necessarily, unless you're right on top of them. But um, we got down those ravines, and it was like a network of um, like blood vessels, like Mm -hmm. all running together. And you, so you look at the onyx, understand where you are, and kind of run it towards where you're going because you can't. When you're in there, you can't see above you because above you, you're looking at the, uh, you know, the walls of those ravines. You can't see the antelope. You can't see anything around you. So um, using that, we got in pretty close. Um, uh, You know, you guys came down there with me, and I think we stalked about a mile. um, Mile and a half mile and a half. Okay, mile and a half. Maybe three. Yeah, all right. It gets, gets longer by the minute. I'm a, I'm
3: a lot older than you guys, yeah. you know.
2: <laughs> so we, we, we stalked a, a questionable distance, but definitely long. Um, but I popped up over the ridge to kind of glass the antelope, and I did see a herd about 600 yards away into the, to the BLM land, so I figured they had kind of moved down. Um, there's a decent buck in there, bedded down, so playing what's going after him. Um, so, came down off that ridge, backed it into the ravine, um, got these guys to come over and kind of game plan from then. Um, we then crossed the fence from the private ranch into the BLM land, mm-hmm. um, just a barbed wire fence. Um, so, quickly just uh, hopped over that. Which was
1: very squeaky.
2: Very squeaky, they always are. I
1: was nervous about that because at that point, too, it was the only time in our trip that the wind was at our back mm-hmm. for that general area. Normally, the wind was coming, like, north-west, and I think for whatever reason, maybe it was the the geography, but the wind was coming down the ravine as we were progressing towards where the antelope were. So any sound, any extra movement, any shuffle of gear, I was very, very fearful oh, yeah. of.
2: <laughs> yeah, even just talking back and forth. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, but I I don't think they they had no clue Mm-mm. they had no clue so um, the ravine started then to open up a little bit and I got nervous as far as spooking antelope I didn't know were there um, mm-hmm. or farther off the distance so or anything mule deer exactly badgers yeah. coyotes yeah, saw a badger yesterday <laughs> yeah. um, so then these guys kind of stayed back um, and I went solo uh, on on the stock um, and it's kind of crept around each each. You know, um, describe it. But each kind of finger, of that ravine, that kind of branches off the main ravine. Mm-hmm. Um, in between the fingers, there'd be a little um, kind of hill of of you know land where you can get behind for some cover. And so I'd go from hill to hill and kind of peek up and glass. And before I knew it, um, I'd gone too far. And um, to my right, I see on the ridge line, uh, two doe staring at me, 150 yards away, and a buck bedded down. Um, so they had no idea I was there before they saw me, and um so i I tried to get into position for a shot at this point. um they realized,, you know, I'm a threat, don't like me, so um, the herd kind of ups and and moves away, um hundred yards or so over a ridge line. So once they went out of my sight, um i, I ran to that next ridge line ridge line, probably. Um, hundred yards away or so, um, 150 yards away. don't know. It was uh, a graceful jog. I was moving. Yeah. We watched you. We were <laughs> like, Oh, Oh, Oh yeah. With <laughs> 10 pounds of mud on each foot, I was running up that hill. <laughs> um, so I got to the top of the ridgeline and they couldn't see me as I was running. That's, that's why I was running. Um, and I was trying to catch them cause I, knew, I knew they would stop eventually. So got to that ridge line, and sure enough, they were about 200 yards away on the hillside, still agitated, still very alert. um, and as I was setting up for a shot, again they have excellent eyesight. I'm laying in a prone position just over a ridge, and they could probably just see my rifle and maybe a little bit, you know, with my head. But that's enough movement that made them uncomfortable. And so they just start to spook again. Um, and at this point, I could tell there's two nice mature bucks in the herd, um, happy to take either, um, fill my buck tag. And um, you know, I I ranged it real quick, about um, 200 yards, and um you know they just started to kind of take off again and the buck was a, not a, not a trot but he was moving and uh put around into him um wasn't a great hit but I could tell I I did hit him knock him down and he was wounded um and I watched him run away with the herd ran another probably 500 yards and then he he bedded down and the the herd kept going so I knew he was he was hit pretty good that's when we we saw the herd yeah and yeah. that's when
1: We made, like, the crucial, like, assisting hunter move. We're like, count the number of deer, or count the number of antelope, deer, antelope. (laughs) It's been a good struggle this week. (laughs) Count the number of antelope, like, all right, one buck, one, two, three, four doe, okay. And then it was, like, when we caught up with AJ, because he, like, waved us up. And when we caught up with him, I was like, how many were there in the herd? And he's like, two buck, you know, four doe. I was like, okay, well, we only saw one buck, and four dough. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I saw a bed down, so we're good. And I was like, all right, cool. want to do my part. That goes back. That goes back to our Sierra Nevada trip back in 2015. Remember yeah. that? Uh,
2: yes, I do. Yeah. That's, yep. a, that's a, yes. <laughs> that, that's another podcast. That's another story, right? <laughs> a story for another time. But if you want to read about it,
1: I'll put those show notes in here, too. Right. It's a... Uh, Oh man, I can't mm. remember the title of it I'll put it in there I, but, was, uh,
3: I was not involved No, no you, you weren't in, in this uh, no, not man, involved. This,
1: this was the <laughs> nine mile hike up uh, It's like the mountain swallowed the deer Anyway, if you want to read the story, yeah. you can read the story We're not going to recap it on here But yeah. uh, being a good hunting partner Like honed honed my skill that day
2: Yeah, eyes, detail <sighs> Yeah, it's almost like um, It's not a great analogy But being a witness to a crime <laughs> right <laughs> remembering those details yes you know um but anyway uh yeah you guys cut up with me and then we walked down that ravine and um got to that spot and I said you yeah, know let's hold back and make sure he's down and um sure enough he he was down but he was still alive so mm-hmm. um basically crawled up to about um I don't know 50 yards away and uh, at that point he stood up and I just put one more through him he was done um but yeah that was uh that was a great stock uh great hunt it wasn't a great first shot but um you know all in all you're you're in the moment you're you're out of breath you're breathing hard um the animal's moving um normally i wouldn't advocate taking that kind of shot um i normally don't but um it's the last day of the hunt Mm -hmm. you know time's running out and the way things are going i may not get another shot at a buck so it wasn't um too risky where it was a crack shot, um I'm confident it's about four hundred yards, so to take a shot at you know two twenty at a buck that's moving a little bit, um you know, I felt good about that, and that's why I did it um and it
1: wasn't like other they weren't bunched up
2: no, no he he was all alone, so it wasn't a risk of hitting a different animal or something like that it was um you know something I was very very you know confident doing and mm-hmm. um those scenarios where you know I kind of them through my head, what would you do in that scenario? I mean, it's one I've done many times, and it's become second nature.
3: The the confidence that he has in shooting is because he does shoot. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't shoot for a hunt. He practices. Yeah. You have to. All year long. You know.
2: Yeah. I mean, all year long, the wife went like that, but uh, <laughs> well, a few months for hunting season. You <laughs> you have you have, se-
3: you have several guns. Yeah. You have several guns that you bring, because I travel. Oh yeah.
2: I travel. I, I don't. Yeah.
3: I don't have a, a rifle to bring with me. Um, you, you fly. Yeah, yeah. I fly. Which and I, he, I drive. And and he drives, and uh, he brings these guns, and, uh, he, these guns and uh, he shoots both of them, sights them yep. in, and he mm-hmm. just doesn't shoot one or two shots with each each rifle. So, but uh, you know, he's he is a confident shooter.
1: I I was impressed last year. Your, uh, I think it was three hundred and thirty-eight yards. Oh, the buck last year. Yeah.
2: Uh, 360. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, 360. <laughs> <laughs> I stand correct. Un- Under me, <laughs> but that w- that was perfect conditions. Yeah, uh, no wind. So like I, I had a, a great hold on them and yeah, uh, had my you know Hornaday ballistics calculator next to me, and it was like it was like being at the range. It worked out great, but uh, uh, yeah, it's, you has got to practice. Yep. Um.
1: Let's see. Let's rewind. With well, the pack out. Oh, oh wait, we haven't <laughs> even talked about the pack out. <laughs> yeah. So we're now um so we did have a gator, but we didn't use it in like the sense that people think about using a gator. No It was more
2: I, like a retrieval vehicle. It was, yeah. It so, it helped us get it yep. back to the, the truck. And plus now we're on public land so we can't use it anyway. Yeah. Um you can't off road on BLM land. Um but yeah, it was it was muddy as all as all heck, and uh, so we couldn't gut it and drag it out, so we quartered it, um, which is great. I hadn't quartered an animal in several years. I just usually just gut them and bring them out, but made quick work of that. And thankfully, there were three of us, mm-hmm. um, so we loaded the packs and then hiked out. and I think it took us about something like an hour and a half or so. I mean, it was it was a haul. It was probably. Yeah. Two and a half miles back to the Gator, and then rode that a mile on the truck. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was a great hunt. I do want to. Po- I'm I'm really happy with my pack this year.
1: I got a Slumberjack pack. I think it's the Bounty 2.0. I got it at the beginning of the year. Um, super happy with the performance. Got this little detachable backpack, which I've been carrying around um, until today. I was like, we we got in the Gator. And I was like, you know what? I want to put my pack in there. And I put my pack. I put the full pack, not just the small backpack. Um, and so it had all my stuff, game bags, everything in it. And, yep. Which, thank good. you for that because I didn't bring them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used, I'll i give another shout out to Alan. I used their game bags They I was pretty confident. We Actually, we, I washed them. We washed them today at the laundromat, too. Uh, at our little stopover and, uh, came out clean. They're ready to go Squeak, again.
3: Squeaky clean. You yeah, know,
1: very, very durable. I'm mm-hmm. excited about mm-hmm. that. So hopefully we can put them to use tomorrow, but, uh, yeah, the pack out, we had some cool experiences on the pack out. It was a little AJ and I were a little nervous. I don't know. We didn't really talk about art, but we saw like a salamander midway through and, Why that makes me nervous is last year we had like a rattlesnake run in. So, of course, Wyoming being Wyoming, there's rattlesnakes all over. Uh, The temperatures are down. You generally don't have a problem. But as the temperature starts to come up, um, even this late in the year, the rattlesnakes come out. Mm -hmm. And seeing the salamander was kind of a a red flag or I'd say yellow flag. Um
3: we we didn't have our gators on did we? We didn't have gators. No, we
1: no, had no, snake gators. Issue, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we uh I'd say like 50/50 shot depending on where the temperatures at for the day we'll we'll throw snake gators on. Um you know some
2: people will wear them some people won't. I I don't know. I'm a big what what what's your number at what temperature do you put them on? Hmm. I think
1: I think it depends on sunlight, too. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of sun out. I think it changes because those snakes will come out seeking the sun. Um, I would say, like, 60s-ish. Anywhere in the 60s. I'd probably start to put them on.
2: Uh, I, I, yeah. I, 60 and sunny, you should have them yeah. on. I'd even say 55 and sunny. Not going to hurt. Yeah. Um I
1: don't this is full disclosure. People do what you want and be cautious, but <laughs> this is just me. Better to be safe than sorry. Exactly. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, it takes me five minutes to put them on. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what anybody looks at me and sees. I'm probably not going to see anybody, but these two guys while we're out anyway. Yeah. And I don't want to get bit by a rattlesnake because I was thinking yeah. about that today. I was like, all right, I got my spot tracker, I got my tourniquet, I got all this stuff. I was <laughs> like, but I don't have my snake gages on. I was like, can I turn a snake bite? I don't know. All these snares were running through my head after we saw that salamander. Uh, but then we got up to the top of the ridge, and the wind was ripping. And it felt like the temperature may have been 55, 60, but the wind chill was probably like 40s. Yeah. Oh, the pin just rolled on my arm. It scared me because i talked about <laughs> snakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's putting his gators on right? <laughs> right? I'm gonna get them off. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: so well let's let's rewind to uh to day one and we can uh we can go through that. So day one was Arts Day. Yes it was. So first one to tag out. It's yeah. Um Then I played golfer. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done it. <laughs> yeah. Um so you yeah, wanna...
3: I got my uh female tag.
1: Yep, doe tag. And I I believe
3: it was 137 yards.
1: 137. So yeah. we uh we passed by the property and saw that there was a doe and what I thought was a buck uh watering at the the tank. And so AJ dropped us off uh, Art and I and we basically like made our stock towards the tank and <clears throat> in the way in I found that uh, what do you oh yeah you, monopod. What do you, the monopod somebody left their cabela <laughs> monopod <laughs> somebody
3: which left it dropped it on the ground or whatever and, and
1: if you lost a cabela monopod send us an email <laughs> it works. T- it if works fine uh, now. You oiled tell, it up. <laughs> if you can tell me where you lost it at, I'll mail it to you. <laughs> yeah. What
3: it looks like, you know. <laughs> um,
1: so yeah, we made, we put this good stock on. Uh, it was pretty good, and I think one of the key moments that happened. So Art made a great shot. Um, well, got my animal. Yeah. So, but my mistake, rookie move. I won't say rookie move, but mistake on my part is that because at the time I was still holding doe tag and I was looking for my my buck and I did not um scan above where the the two doe which I later identified two doe were and in the sagebrush directly above them was another buck and another doe and the buck was like a, a shooter buck he was a mature buck I would have gone after him and I did so after we the hurt the f- three at that time moved off to the west and uh we found Arts Dough, knew it was good to go and I saw AJ come with a gator so I knew he was good to to help out with all the
2: the cleaning yeah I heard the shot and then yep it's probably about what is that gate a half mile away or so but uh, he heard the shot and uh, came over the hill and mm-hmm. I saw you high-stepping it up over the next ridge, so I knew you yep. were after something.
1: Yeah, so I got up to the top of the ridge, which was like the back ridge of the property, which goes down towards the BLM lane, and I, I didn't see the herd anywhere. Mm. Um, So I didn't get an opportunity that day, or that moment, but... Well, we were actually... So I'll backtrack. We have a lot to tell the, the first well, day.
2: Uh, I think you were... I don't see it as missed opportunity. I think you were... It was an act of generosity. Yeah. Is that you were focused on helping my dad, um, you know, get situated, get in position, uh, identify the right animal. I mean, and so your mind wasn't thinking, what else is out there for me? Yeah, that's true. So, Um, be hard on yourself. (laughs) Well,
1: (laughs) I just, I don't know, I missed it. But, um, either way, so let's backtrack the beginning part of that day to where um, I also identified a herd of rocks, which uh, we put an hour-and-a-half stock on
2: (laughs) to only find out that they were rocks, so that was my bad. Um. (laughs) Well, you know, the sunlight hits rocks at a certain angle, and they they look white, look bright. Yeah. And the antelope are, are white, and they stick out in the sagebrush and from far away. And to be fair, we were driving by from a distance, and we saw that from the road, and we thought, well, let's go put a stock of them and see what Mm -hmm. that is a few miles away, and uh, I had peeled off halfway through. Yeah. I said, let me go back and get the gator. I'll (laughs) go back and get you guys. (laughs) Well, and and I I realized- Then I get a a picture on my phone. It's a text, (laughs) and it's a group of rocks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I realized quickly, and through my head, like, the whole time Art and I were making the approach, I'm like, they should be moving like we should have seen them move right or left or like <laughs> we should have seen them come to fruition at some point so the closer we got to where it was the more i became doubtful of the fact that we hadn't seen them cuz we were in a good spot to where they weren't going to move off where we couldn't see them so anyway after that um we we'd kind of planned to depart the ranch and go to some public land, which was further south of where we were. Which is another spot where we, we go uh, that I mentioned earlier. Um, and in that, we decided, like, hey, let's drive up to the north side of the property and check out the pond. And that's when we made the stock on, on Art's dough, which was great. Mm-hmm. So we loaded that up after it was all clean. And then we do... Go back down south to the land, the state land that we we hunted down there, and it was absolutely nothing. It was busted. No no sign of antelope anywhere.
2: You know, there's been a lot of – this is the second season Mm -hmm. in in this zone, and, you know, we mentioned the years have been coming here, and um, I'm here six years now, and you guys are three years each. And this is, from my memory, this is the – most pressure I've seen on the public hunting spots. Yeah. I mean, every time you pull up, is at least one truck there, if not two or more. Um, and I think that it's just blown out. The animals aren't there. Yeah. Or especially, they're, they're moving I, through very quickly.
1: Especially coming in second season. I, I think first yeah. season,
2: you're given the opportunity to sort of like,
1: you're at the gate when it's ready to open. hmm. Um, yeah, that, that was a challenge, each of the pieces of public land. I mean, even, like, the honey hole, when we went to it, like, we saw a gut pile there. Yeah, And the tracks and too. blood, and, like, yeah. so we knew people were taking, taking things off that. Um, so the first day, the evening, so, like, your evening hunt, we go back to the ranch and pass by the pond again. And on the north side of the pond, where there's, like, a little creek from the dam, there's a herd there uh we we only see two i think initially so then uh art drops us off Uh, aj and i go in because we're like all right good enough herd like one of us is gonna take a doe one of us take a buck or we'll both take bucks like whatever looks good so we we put a good stock on it but we just end up in a a weird spot to where the way the herd's moving we can't close in within that 300 yard gap and the wind picked up. No. The wind was blowing probably 20, 25 that day so we weren't comfortable so we watched them for a little while and uh, they kind of worked back towards the pond and we had the idea to pull back to the road cross the road walk down the other side of the road and then cross over and then, sort of where we were uh, we were able to get close because they were sucked up to the side of the dam at this point, on the the land side, not the water side, so then a j decided to hang back a little bit, and I went ahead and pushed forward because I identified a buck out of that herd mm-hmm. that I want. He was nice, and I was like this is this is my buck spoke it into fruition
2: yeah i i had, I, had, I didn't want to mess up your stock, yep, and so i you went to the right side of the tank to the dam mm-hmm. and I was about two hundred yards to Uh, I guess the left side (laughs) Um, not really near the palm but I was just kind of in a little um, uh, kind of bunker in the ground call it and my plan was you know Justin you'll shoot this buck you'll scare them out the other side and I'll pick off a doe and so I was there just kind of waiting to see what happened from your stock
1: yep and so I pushed forward and basically like crawled over the top of the dam and there was a young buck um maybe a yearling maybe a little definitely buck but uh kind of like spotted me but i was on the side of the dam closest to them but the way i couldn't see the rest of the herd because they were so close to the dam that they were almost like uh would have been straight up for me Within a gap of like, had I moved over five yards to the right, I would have seen them. But he spotted me, and I don't know if he spotted me moving, because it was pretty still. He just got uncomfortable. And then he ran, and then the others sort of, I saw them erupt out of. But because it was six o'clock or so at this time, Mm -hmm. the sun uh, backlit them, and I couldn't see where that they stopped. And I raised up my scope once they did stop, because they were about... They were about 70 yards from where they originally sprinted from, and then stopped, which would have been probably about 120 for me, which is mm-hmm. that's a good, comfortable shot. Uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't get a good look at at what I wanted, so I was like, I'm not going to shoot. So they continued to push to the west, sort of up the ridge, and the way we noticed the the antelope going that day, there were two sort of uh ridge lines that they would or three three ridge lines and they would travel sort of the valleys in between it um and they worked their way up that and i was able to move around to the right and quickly a lot of sprinting and walking and catching my breath and sprinting and walking uh i i got up ahead of them and then was able to essentially i closed the distance to about 30 to 40 yards Um, to where the same buck, young buck started noticing me again, but I was from the belly position looking through the sights of the rifle. I could see the horns of the buck that I wanted to shoot and I could see him moving. And then, so I was able to within probably like a five to ten second window, I moved from my stomach to like, uh, in a sitting position with my gun resting on my knee and was able to locate that buck, not spook the herd, and took like a 40-yard shot on him. Mm
2: -hmm. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, It was great to watch it unfold. Um, And and I will say, when they first spilled out behind that dam after he spooked that young buck, uh, they settled there, and I was watching them, and and all three bucks were shooter bucks, but Mm -hmm. the one you took, he stood out. He was the most mature and the the biggest buck. And I had him in my sights at 226 yards. You can fuck him. But I, I but I did not take him. You didn't record. Winchester I, me. <laughs> I, I did not take him. That'd be a dick move. I said no. This is Justin's buck. <laughs> He's gonna get him. And so I watched the rest of it unfold. And um, yeah, I was looking at him and I saw you put the final shot in. him yeah. And um, yeah, it was a great stock. It was awesome. That was my first. Uh, that was my first antelope buck. Cause each year
1: I've just I've done antelope does, and uh, so super excited for that. So now, day two. Um, day two starts off <coughs> well we had to take the meat up north yeah. Oh, yeah
2: you're gonna talk about the butcher and taking the meat
1: yeah i was gonna talk so definitely i i want to hit on that because a lot of people are going to be like well justin why didn't you process it yourself and it sort of comes in the time game uh one the time game and two uh we have a great processor here that we trust. Uh, They've done great jobs year Mm -hmm. after year after year. Uh, And it it really fits and works for us. So we've chosen that method. Um, And that's that. And I don't know if anybody's going to have a problem with that. I don't really care. That's the way I go with uh, antelope. Uh, We're up for mule deer next, so that's probably going to be a different story. But we'll see.
2: Um, Well, we have... uh we had five antelope tags to fill in two and a half days and there's no way that you can do that and process all that meat yeah and it's a lot more equipment to bring up with you so um i got no problem doing it supporting local economy supporting that business and uh you know i come come up here do my thing and when i'm ready to go it's all packaged up frozen and you come in your deep freeze your your Mm -hmm. your freezer i mean it's it works out so great
1: yeah last year i flew with it Art has his shipped yeah. home like right. it, it right. it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty good arrangement like they they do a good job with it, like mm. I haven't had any any problems so no um I'm supportive of that this, and not only
3: that, but don't forget we've you've been doing this for so long the people at the processing plant they know you yeah,
1: they yeah. know they know you, you. he yeah. yeah. so. start to recognize yep they know the name. Which is good. Cause yeah. Especially when you go there twice in the same day. <laughs> <laughs> Which we did. So, that's a good segue. Yeah. Um, so, Art and I took our, our antelope up there. We had to keep them overnight because I took mine so late. They closed before we could get them up there. Uh, so, we just iced them down. It was cold enough outside. It was like 32 degrees outside. We got frost at night. Yeah. yeah. So, w- wasn't a concern of the meat going bad. Um, so... We took him up. We dropped AJ off of the ranch. We actually, we put a stock on. You did you and I? We stocked a herd that morning.
2: Morning and day of uh, day two, we stocked a herd. Yep, unsuccessfully. And uh, that, yeah, that was. uh, There was a nice buck in that herd I was after, and uh, it just didn't work out. Terrain wasn't good. Conditions weren't right. I got spotted 220 yards away. wasn't comfortable, and just watched them go over the ridge.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of yeah. There was a lot of mixed. And we yeah. spotted another herd, which spooked. Like it, it, it just didn't work out. So anyway, uh, Art and I peeled off, went to go take it to the processor, which is about an hour and a half from here. Uh, we did save hearts and livers mm-hmm. off the two. Uh, you'll see on In the tongue. and the tongue. Yeah. You'll see art holding the heart of his dough on the what's the title it's episode two fifteen it's uh oh man um uh, I'm struggling now liver heart liver call and tongue dot 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 yum <laughs> <laughs> so it's a crew chat we had where we talked all about cooking uh cooking cooking and harvesting those things but yeah. Art posed for the perfect picture. You did a good job with that.
3: I'm a heartful guy.
1: Like, what is it? Uh, Vanna White, hand model? <laughs> Price is right. Is it Price is Right? Uh, she's Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So Way off. Way off. <laughs> way off. Um, day two, we went up to the processor, dropped it off. On the way back, as we alluded to earlier, AJ texted and was like, hey, bring ice. So we did. Yep. Um, as we're getting back, I think I already, I, I,
2: I you, you did, you told how you're running back and forth and, um, uh, yep. yeah, I brought the ice back in.
1: So I spotted a pair of dough, which we later associate with the dough that AJ took off the mm-hmm. pond
2: that he, um, ambushed. Uh, yeah. I think out of those three, it was, you saw those two. Yep. That because uh, they after they uh, ran out of there they ran north they ran yep and that's where north saw them, yeah. and as
1: we came by I saw them and so we dropped the ice off Art dropped me off I I was very pleased with my stock because on the north side of the property property butts up to some BLM land and there's this little ridge that runs the fence line and I was able to cross over on the BLM go down this ridge cross over the the fence line back onto the ranch and get within 140 yards. Like the doe that I shot didn't even know I was there. Like I it, it was incredible. But uh super easy shot, textbook um not textbook. <laughs> uh I, we weren't there, so yeah, uh, no, I mean, no you know. it could have been. I have no <laughs> yeah, idea. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, You guys can wait for the video to come out. <laughs> um, no, it was great. I had a blast doing that one. Uh, it was super quick. Um, trying to think, the only thing that made me nervous—nervous uh, nervous, started getting super warm, so I was concerned with rattlesnakes. And then second was she fell like on a prairie dog pile or a prairie dog hole, and there's this whole notion of like prairie dogs carrying the plague. And it, this I, is bordering paranoia. This is this is definitely yeah. bordering <laughs> paranoia. But I was like, flea jumps from the prairie dog hole onto the antelope, and I'm cleaning the antelope, and the flea jumps onto me and bites me and I get bubonic plague. Yeah. It, no. Probably it's not, not realistic. <laughs> Obviously, two days later, I'm still talking. I don't know how quickly symptoms set in. But anyway, um, that was good. And then day three is today, uh, which we talked about. Yep. So I, l- I think we've covered the gambit of our antelope adventure.
2: The, the, la- the last thing I'll add, um, we're talking about, you know, kind of being introduced to hunting antelope and uh, the gear you need. And the one thing I would add that do not overlook is the physical intensity of, of the hunt. Um, I mean, you're gonna, you're going to hike easily 10 miles a day. And it's a lot of up, a lot of down, you're carrying thirty pounds a year. Um, you're at higher elevations for many many people. Um, there's mud, there's weather. So I mean a lot of us I, I mean I spend much of June, July, August, September, you know, working out more than I normally would, um, throwing a pack on, hiking the hills around my house, getting in shape. Um, so definitely do it, definitely prepare for these trips to get the most out of it. You don't want to get up here and be tired or worst case, get hurt and ruin your hunt. Um, and that's part of the reason why we come up here and fill five tags, in two and a half days. Um, it's a lot of preparation, a lot of planning, a lot of experience. And we didn't do it from the get go. The get go, it took us three or four days to even get within shooting range of one antelope. um, but uh it's it's a lot of fun and every year we look forward to it. Is that your last your last thought? That's it. Yeah, my my closing thought. You have you have a last <laughs> thought, Art?
3: I'm just glad he bought the slings for the rifles this oh, year. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, in previous years, we carried just the rifles with the bipods
1: with no slings on it. And whatever reason, AJ decided this year was the year of the sling. I'm uh-huh. not
3: getting any younger out here, guys, yeah. you know?
1: It's, uh, yeah. Uh I always wanted the same, but anyway, uh, nobody said th- anything. You just carry <laughs> their the damn rifle. <laughs> if you want a sling? We'll put a sling on. It. So <laughs> we got one this year on both rifles, which was great. Yeah. Um, that's a good. Last thought. Yeah. Any any overarching last thought for the the listeners? Any takeaway? Be prepared. That's it yeah that's a good one. be prepared uh my last thought is that antelope hunting is probably one of my favorite seasons of the year. I like coming to Wyoming this time of year because of the change in seasons you get to experience the the drastic variations in the weather uh I also like the fact that they move around a lot and I can move around a lot and do the traditional like big west spot and stock like just kind of feel it feels natural feels good and I think you today like we're cleaning antelope and you're like this is oddly therapeutic oh yeah and I'm like yeah because it's natural <laughs> this is what we're supposed to be doing we're supposed to be out here hunting our food so it, it falls in line perfectly with what what I enjoy and I encourage everybody to give it a shot um, give it a shot a couple times you gotta iron out the kinks and I would say yeah look at Wyoming look at all the other states that have it a lot of the western states have antelope, so there's tons of opportunities out there. Uh, if you can't get the Wyoming, try to get one of the others. Um, also, if you don't... Oh.
3: Looking forward to the mule hunt tomorrow.
2: Yep. Tomorrow mm-hmm. we're we'll off for mule deer. Mule yep. yeah. And after hunting antelope, we're going to feel like we can walk up and pet those mule deer. <laughs> That'll be great. <laughs> That'll be great. Um, I will say this. I'm going to
1: close this out and saying... If you don't follow us on social media, which you should, uh, go do that now. Facebook, Instagram, all those things. And then um, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, punch that five star button. Give us a review. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us we're doing right. Don't forget about the podcast20 code. You can go over to the website and get 20% off whatever you order. And uh, otherwise, I think it's a great podcast. Have a good night, guys.